This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Some of you may remember a television show that was on a number of years ago called The Invisible Man. I remember as a boy watching that, that show, and I just fascinated. Here the man's clothes are floating around up in there, but you don't see anyone in those clothes. And in my mind, I could just see that invisible man. Well, today we want to talk about visualizing the invisible, being able to see through the eye of faith those things that you cannot see with the human eye, visualizing the invisible. I hope that you'll stay tuned as we discuss that today. I'd like to welcome you to Getting to Know Your Bible, and today we are offering on this telecast a free Bible correspondence course. I emphasize it is free, and in order that you might be able to find out how you can receive it free of charge, we're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. As a setting for our lesson today on visualizing the invisible, I'd like to read from the fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians, and I want to read verse 16, beginning and down to the end of the chapter. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I want you to note that how Paul begins verse 16. We do not lose heart. The King James Version says, we do not faint. Therefore, we do not faint. We do not lose heart. We do not give up. And I, I find that rather unusual in light of the fact that Paul had so many things to happen to him in his life that could cause an individual to give up, to lose heart, to faint. For example, earlier in this chapter, and in verse 8, he says, we are hard-pressed on every side. And indeed, Paul was hard-pressed on every side. Paul, according to him, in the 11th chapter of 2 Corinthians, suffered a shipwreck. Night and the day had been in the deep. He had been beaten. He had been stoned. 
left for dead. He was in peril in the wilderness. He was peril, in peril everywhere he went, even among some of his own brethren. Paul was in peril or danger. And he was in cold and he was in nakedness. So when he said, we're hard pressed on every side, but he says, yet not crushed. It, didn't, it did not do Paul in. And then he said, we're perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. You see, Paul said, I've had all kinds of bad things happen to me in my life. But in spite of that, Paul said in the 16th verse, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Now, what kept Paul going on? What was the thing that motivated Paul? I suggest to you that it was fact that Paul could visualize the invisible. Paul could see things that other people could not see. Paul said, I am pressed on every side. I have problems everywhere I turn. And yet I, I do not allow those problems to get me down. I, I think Paul was comparing that, that uh, uh, the problems that he had in his life with that which could not be seen. For example, he referred to his afflictions as a light affliction. A light affliction. Well, how, how could you compa compare what Paul endured and refer to it as a light affliction? Think, think about it. Paul was stoned, beaten. Paul was abused in so many ways. And in spite of all that, he called it a light affliction. Well, why would he refer to it as light? It's because of that with which Paul was comparing it. He was comparing with an eternal weight of glory. And then Paul referred to his problems as, as uh, being just for a moment. He said they're just for a moment. But they lasted a lifetime. All of his ministry, from the time he became a Christian to the time Paul left this world, Paul had problems and he was pressed on every side. Hard pressed, he said. But so why could he refer to it as being just for a moment? And it was because he compared it to something else. They could not be seen. He compared it with a weight of glory. A weight of glory. Over in Romans 8 and verse 18, there Paul said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's that, uh, the, with the, the glory that's to be revealed in us. That is what's coming ahead. The, the reward, the, the victory. Said so what we do have in this life is nothing to be compared with what we're going to receive. You see, Paul could see the invisible. You know, there's a whole lot more to life than, that, than meets the eye. When we talk about Jesus, that, that touches the realm of faith. You know, 1 Peter 1, 8, Peter said, Whom not having seen, we love. We love Jesus. We love Jesus even though we've not seen Jesus. See, that's in the realm of faith. And faith is the substance of 
things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things that are not seen. Faith is believing in the reality of those things that cannot be seen with the human eye. And so when we talk about loving God, loving Jesus, we are visualizing the invisible. When we think about those kinds of things, like heaven, like the spirit world, the angels and the like, we are we're dealing with the realm of the invisible world. That is, it cannot be seen with a human eye. And it was visualizing that that kept Paul moving on. I know we're living in a hard day, a time where a lot of people feel like they're hard-pressed on every side, economically and otherwise. We're living in a time where so many people are fearful, very fearful for their lives, actually. And because of the spread of terrorism throughout our world, there's fear that reigns today. But let me tell you something. There's a realm you cannot see with the human eye where God reigns, and God reigns over all. And so people are fearful, but it is by our ability to see those things that cannot be seen, that is through faith, that we can keep moving ahead. I'm thinking now about a statement or, or illustration from the Old Testament. And there was a time that the Syrians came against God's people and, and the prophet sort of let the cat out of the bag and, and the Syrians found out that the prophet had, had, had let the cat out of the bag about them and told the king. And, and so the king was ready when the Syrians came. But, but then they said, who did that? They said, well, the prophet did. So they surrounded the prophet's house. Can't you just see them? The Syrian army surrounding the prophet's house. And the prophet serpent looks out and says, Lord, oh, there, look at that army out there. And the prophet said, they're more with us than they are with them. And I, if I'd been that servant, I'd have looked out again and get a second look. More with us? Just look who's in the house here with us. There's not very many of us, but there's an army out there. And then the prophet said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the, and the servant's eyes were open, and then he could see horses and chariots of fire. He was able to then see the invisible things by, by believing in God, by believing in Jesus, by believing in the Holy Spirit, by believing in heaven, by believing in hell, by believing in the things you cannot see with the human eye, we are able to visualize the invisible. But our faith in the invisible is based on certain evidence or testimony, isn't it? In Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So when we say, I believe in what I cannot see, it's based on evidence. And the reason I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, is because I believe in the Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto every good work. I believe that. I believe the Bible furnishes us completely for everything we need in the spiritual realm. And that includes evidence that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So I believe in the invisible. And, and when we have our faith 
in those things that cannot be seen with the human eye, then we'll not lose heart, will we? We'll not have that give up attitude. We'll not feel defeated because we have a God on our side who is the God of the universe. He is God over all. And so I believe in the invisible. Visualizing the invisible can do so many wonderful things for you. When you have the faith to be able to see what people, other people cannot see, well, it does so many wonderful things for you. We're not living in the best moral climate that the world has ever seen. Their immorality runs rampant today. But you see, visualizing the invisible can help you survive in that kind of a climate. When we're able to see the unseen, it can help you survive the immoral climate that's all around us. We're told not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world. For any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And we're told to be not conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's in Romans 12 verse 2. And we're told about to keep ourselves pure. We're told to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. That's in James 1.27. Someone says, Brother Lamb, all of that is good, but just tell me, how can we stay that way? We're living in an impure world. We're living in a world that is filled with sin and immorality. It is all around us. More than perhaps you've ever seen in your lifetime. Well, let me suggest that there is a way that we can do that. Some, someone asked a boy one day, said, how could you take a white rag and take that white rag and pass it through a smutty stovepipe without the white rag getting anything on it that would smudge it or cause it to be dirty. Well, he said, I just don't know. Well, they said, well, here's the simple way you do it. You just take that white rag, you put it in a paper sack, and then you just let that paper sack drop right down through that stovepipe that is dirty with smut, ashes and the like. And he said, then you take the white rag out of the sack and it's still white. He said, now what's the point you're trying to make, Billy? We are living in an impure world. And unless we are in a place of safety in this impure world, it's going to be almost virtually impossible for us to keep untainted from the world. You say, well, where can we find that insulation? In our paper sack, if you please, our place of safety, our place of insulation from the world is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in Jesus Christ that we can be, live a life of cleanliness and purity. But it's not because of our power, our strength, it's because of His blood. Jesus shed His blood to keep us clean. It's possible. 
but you still must have faith in what you're not able to see with the human eye. Let me give you an Old Testament example. That's Joseph. Joseph, as a young boy, had his father give him a coat of many colors, and his brothers were envious of him. They actually wanted to kill him, but one of the brothers said, no, let's don't kill him, let's just get rid of him, let's just sell him. So they put him in a holding pit in the ground and, and they sold him to some slave traders and he was in, then put in the house of Potiphar and, and every day Potiphar's wife would make uh, advances to Joseph. Come lie with me, sin with me. But Joseph finally put his foot down. He said, I can't do that and sin against God. And you see, Joseph had faith in a God that you could not see. And by having faith in a God that you could not see, it kept him on the straight and narrow, as we sometimes call it. It kept him from sinning against his God, against Pharaoh, against the woman, against himself, and against his family. It would have been a sin. And yet today we have those who can't see that invisible one. And they're not able to... to uh, resist the temptation to commit sins of the flesh. But you see, the way that we're able to live in a world of impurity and without being harmed, without being smudged, tainted, becoming unclean, impure, is we must believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in God. And because of our faith in that which cannot be seen, we say, no, no. To sin. But you see, visualizing what you cannot see is going to help you when some trouble comes in your life. When I think about someone who had a lot of trouble in their life, that is, from the time they were born to the time they died, I think about Moses. Have you ever thought about the life of Moses and all that Moses endured? Why, when Moses was born, the, the Pharaoh was trying to get rid of the, the, the boys like him. They're killing them because he's afraid they'd become, uh, they, they'd get in a position that he, he would be in danger. And so, Moses' mother hid him. Hid him from the king. And, of course, I'm sure she was concerned about her son while he was in that little ark made out of bulrushes. But then Pharaoh's daughter came down to the water to bathe and she found baby Moses and Moses' sister Miriam was not far away watching over him. And then, she, then, then Pharaoh's daughter wanted to take him to be her own and, and Miriam said, well, would you like for me to find someone to take care of the baby? She said, yes, I would. So she went and got Moses' mother. But when Moses came to years, when he was grown, there came a time that Moses had to flee from the land of Egypt. But Moses never lost his faith. He had so many problems, so much to endure in life. You say, well, how was he able to endure it? Was it because of what his mother taught him? Well, partially, I suppose that's true. But the key to surviving hard times in your life, the key to, the, to Moses surviving the tough times in his life is in the 27th verse of Hebrews chapter 11. 
he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You see, Moses could visualize the invisible God. And when he realized that he had a God who was on his side, when he had a God who had promised, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, Moses could endure. He could keep on keeping on. And it was that faith in that invisible God that kept Moses moving on until he left this world. What motivates you? What really motivates you? You say, well, when I hear a preacher preach about hell, that really motivates me. Well, well, it should motivate us, but is that the greatest motivation there is? Says, well, you know, when I see a lot of needs around me, that, that kind of motivates. Well, that's wonderful to be motivated when you see uh, needs around you, when people hungry, people starving, people that need clothing to wear, and houses to live in, and the like. All of that ought to motivate us to try to do good. But what really motivates you? What motivates you to want to live right? What motivates you to want to serve God? What motivates you? It ought to be seeing the invisible. Believe in a God that you're not able to see with the human eye. You see, visualizing the invisible will help you be a faithful Christian. That's the reason the book of Hebrews is written, incidentally. It's written to Hebrew Christians. But there was the danger that these people would begin to waver and they would want to go back to Judaism, they would start comparing the relative simplicity and simple nature of Christianity with all of the pomp and ritual of Judaism, want to go back to all that pomp and ritual. And many of them did. And so the book of Hebrews was written to keep them faithful. And the 11th chapter of Hebrews is an entire chapter devoted to the subject of faith. For example, it tells us about a man by the name of Noah who had faith in the invisible God. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So you see, Noah had faith in a God he could not see. It tells us about a man by the name of Abraham. And he's also called the, the father of the faithful. The, he's called the friend of God. He's known for his faith. By faith, Abraham. When he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing where he went. He had no idea where he was going. He didn't have a GPS to tell him where he was headed. He didn't have a map to tell him where he was going. No, he had a God that he could not see with a human eye, and he believed in that God. And it kept Moses doing what God told him to do. Sometimes you get to thinking about church members. And you wonder sometimes about people in the church. You wonder why there are some people that are there every time the saints gather together. Every time they assemble, they're there. And then there are some who just seemingly come when they want to. 
You, you, you see some members of the church who, who are so eager to read and to study the Bible and to learn more and more about the Word of God. And then you have some members whose Bible lays on the dashboard of the car from one Sunday to the next. Obviously, they're not reading it very much. And then you have some who are so zealous in the work of the church. Every time something is mentioned that we need to be doing and, and a good work to perform that will help advance the cause of Christ, there, we have some who just want to get in there and get with it. And then we have those that could just care less. Now what divides those two groups of people? And I think it's there are some people that can see the unseen. They're walking by faith and not by sight. And there are some people who just don't. You see, I think it's a faith issue. I think the very fact that some people would not want to be present to worship God on the Lord's day is a faith issue. The very fact that some people would not want to be involved in the work of the church is a faith issue. It was a lack of faith that kept the children of Israel out of the promised land for 40 years. Hebrews 3.19 says, We see they could not enter in because of an evil heart of unbelief. It was unbelief that kept them out. They just couldn't realize what, who was on their side and they could not visualize the invisible. You remember in Matthew 14, Jesus walking on the water. You remember the story? And Peter said, Lord, let me walk on the water. And, and, and he did. He did for a while. But then Peter started looking at the water. He started looking at the waves and not the Lord of the waves. And he started to sink. And he said, Lord, save me. And Peter, Jesus said, oh, thou little faith. But have you ever wondered how Peter got out of that boat? You see, you got one foot in the water, one foot in the boat. You're not walking by faith till you get both feet out of the boat. Where are you today? Do you have enough faith to believe in Jesus? Do you have enough faith to repent of your sins, to confess your faith in Him and to be baptized today? Let me encourage you to do that. In the closing moments, let me invite you to visit the Church of Christ in your community and also pick up the telephone right now. Call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible Correspondence Course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.